You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. We're going to get started. This is, so this is, uh, we're just going to go through some of these Basics, and it comes from this conversation. I am really loud. Zach, will you turn me down in the house? Don't look at me like that. With boots like that, he knows what to do. Just turn down the master volume on the far right. It says master above it. Can't find good help anymore. The, the far right, there's like uh, two little ones that are kind of by themselves. One says MC, and the farthest right one, turn that one down. Check, check, check. Hello. That's better. Thanks, man. I'm also just loud. Um, okay, so anyways, this came from uh, this conversation I had with the Lord and, um, and, and talking to Him about kind of what we talked about this morning. What, what do we say to these prodigal sons and daughters that are hoping to return home? Uh, truth and righteousness, but what are the basic things, the very foundational things that they should encounter immediately within us? And these, these concrete teachings that should just be so ingrained in us, like the father's response to him, it was so ingrained that this is his son and nothing he can do would change that. And because that was so ingrained, we have the encounter and we have the story that we have. And so it's the same for us. What are these moments of encounter going to look like? What will they see in us? Will they see the absolute truth of not only what we stand on, but what God has created them for? And so we're going to get back into the uh, basic of these, the basics of these things, and we're going to start all the way back with body, soul, and spirit. Um, <clears throat> this evening will be more of the uh, the intro to it. We'll get into more of the meat and potatoes next week, as far as the spirit is is concerned, and some things that the Lord has just revealed to me over the years. So a lot of this will just be review, but review is great, and so we'll spend some time in that. These are the scriptures that I'll have. Uh, for us this evening, I'll go, I'll go pretty quickly to those. Um, so if you want to have those as reference uh, for study later, I just wanted to provide those up right now uh, for us. So uh, as we begin in, in the talking and understanding of body, soul, and spirit, there are three uh, main passages of Scripture that we use. Genesis 1.26, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and Hebrews 4.12. I want to hit all of those real quick. Okay, first Corinthians, Corinthians, Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. First Thessalonians 5, 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Hebrews, wrong direction, Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all who are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who uh, we must give account. So these, these are these foundational, there's, there's so many more scriptures that we'll read, obviously, this evening to talk about body, soul, and spirit, but these are just so clearly, where it is so clearly articulated that there are three. And now we don't use this, I don't stand on this, if somebody says the soul and they're talking about the spirit, I'm not going to be like, hey, excuse me, you're wrong, um, soul's different. Um, I, we understand what people are talking about, but it's important and this helps to understand the flow and, and the way that we interact with the Lord, but also the way that we interact with the world around us. And so having these three sections uh, of body, soul, and spirit has brought not only clarity to my life, but I've, I've seen a lot of clarity brought to a lot of people's life in understanding what it is to walk in the Spirit of God, what it is to walk in the flesh. Even the things that we were talking about this morning to understand the difference between the kingdom's design and the world's design. Uh, this has brought so much clarity for me. And it just goes back to this very simple fact that he said, we will make man in our image and after our likeness. This comes back to Kendall McDonald. Um, <clears throat> you all know him. Most of you know him. He had a son, Shiloh. He was pregnant. He wasn't pregnant. Uh, Lindsay was pregnant with Shiloh when they left here. Um, and... All these years later, I was actually Shiloh's swimming instructor, and I was teaching him how to swim. He's just this kid. He's just this, he was four at the time, and I'm teaching him how to swim, and we're just talking and talking and talking, and somehow we got onto talking about the Lord and, and what he's made us to be able to do and all this stuff, and I said, he's, you know, I said something along the lines that he's three and one. And Shiloh goes, yeah, he's three and one, just like me. I said, what? He goes, body, soul, and spirit. I'm three and one, just as God is three and one. And I'm like, and Kendall's over there listening like, I don't know, man. I'm like, Kendall, he's, he's smelling what you're putting down, man. He, he, he's hearing you. He's seeing it. So really, really cool. But we're made in his image and after his likeness. If you need these later, we'll come back. But I'm going to start drawing a little bit. Okay, so... Um, again, this is all review for most of you, but we like it and it's good to spend time in it. We have body and we have soul. We'll start there. And we're going to start mainly with the body. We have the body and this is all things that are physical. This is our body. This is where we sense and react. Sorry, I'm a lefty, so some, this is all going to be angled. Um, <clears throat> I have this ball here, and if I were to throw it at Shorty, I'm going to throw it at you, Shorty. Give me a heads up. Put your phone down. But if I throw it at him, he's got a few options. Okay, we'll see what option he chooses. He chose to catch it. He had, he had three options. He could catch it, he could move out of the way, or he could let it hit him. Okay? What, what are the more likely options? The first two, right? He's going to catch her or he's going to get out of the way. He's in that moment. We see the body as, as self-aware. And this is so important to recognize that the body is self-aware. And this really extends to the flesh. And we'll talk about what that is in a second. 
But the body is self-aware and therefore it is self-preserving. Right? This, 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 this need to react. Because if he just stood there and got hit, what's the possibility? He's going to get hurt. Right? If I, if I really put some heat on it, he's probably going to try to catch it still. But there's probably going to be a little bit of a reaction just in case his catching fails. He's out of the way. It's, it's self-preserving. And that's important to recognize in the things that we'll talk about in just a second. It is self-aware and self-preserving. So now we come up to the soul where we have our mind, will, and emotions. At this point, there is no difference between us and an animal. I have animals and every one of them has a mind, every one of them has a will, and every one of them has emotions. Just as, as we do. Okay? And in this place, this is where we think and feel. And unfortunately, this is where a majority of the teaching in the common church today exists. And when we talk about deliverance, when we talk about uh, all these things, and we, and we, just in Sunday school, when we were recognizing actions, attitudes, and behaviors in others that don't quite add up, and we're looking at the fruit of someone's life, the majority of the church focuses on let's just change the fruit. But that would be like me going to an apple tree with an orange, taking some duct tape and duct taping that orange to the apple tree, and be like, all right, start producing oranges. I cannot expect change at a spiritual level to happen in this place. This is a vessel. This is a reflection of the vessel. Right? We can't, we can't expect it to happen here. Because can you go up to an animal and, and ask it to prophesy? Can you do it? I've never done it. If you've done it, you please come and share. But they don't have the capacity for that. But unfortunately, this is where we stay. And unfortunately, this, there's a lot of lessons that in the coming weeks where we'll talk about. But we take God and we start to we keep Him in this place. And we start to process Him in this place. But what God ends up looking like when we're processing Him in, in this place is not God. It's man. Right? This is where I believe you get these teachings that can explain God. Because if you're explaining and comprehending the fullness of God, you're not understanding or comprehending the fullness of God. You've missed it. You're adding your experience and, and understanding of man to influence who God is to you. And that happens here. It happens right there. Okay? And so now I'm going to hit a few more scriptures before we talk about spirit. So we'll be in, we're going to be all over. You keep up if you got a phone. If, you, if you're a super Christian, you can keep up in your Bible. We'll be in Job, Job 32, verse 8. But it is the Spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that makes him understand. Romans 8, verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And skip down to verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And now 1 Corinthians 6, 17. 
But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. That is, that is what was severed in the garden at the fall of man. It says before Adam got up, before Adam uh, uh, was alive, that he breathed this breath of life into him and, and he was alive. That breath of life was his, it wasn't just physical breath. It was his connection to God. It was this intimacy with God, this relationship that he had with God, this oneness that he had with God. He was full of the presence of God and in the presence of God daily. And we go back to this example. I've mentioned it before, but if a toaster is not plugged into the power source, if it is not plugged into the wall, what use will it have? It has no function. It has no ability to be what it is meant to be. But when you plug the toaster into the wall, suddenly it has purpose and it has power to be what it was created to be. But it had to be plugged into the power source. At the fall of man, we lost our connection to the power source, what Jesus came to restore. It's not that we could be saved, that we could go back into heaven, that we could be in heaven. That's not the end goal. That's unfortunately what is taught, but it is not the end goal. That, that, I mean, that is a great thing and that's a part of our salvation. We'll talk about that uh, hopefully next week, but... That is not why Christ died only, that we would be in heaven someday. He died that heaven could be here now in us and be established in and through us. Back to the design of the garden. Back to the design of what God had originally intended for His people, for this creation, to be vessels filled with the presence of God. So through Jesus' sacrifice, we are reconnected. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, but it is a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, Now we have spirit. And in spirit, who knows knows the heart of man but the spirit of that man? And who knows the heart of God but the spirit of God? And the spirit of God is this breath of life that we get to receive, not just simply at this point of salvation, but we get to receive continually. Jay just uh, introduced us to an opportunity to receive it two weeks ago. Three, three weeks ago at this point. Three weeks ago to, to, for those that may, have, may be Christians but have never received the Holy Spirit for themselves, got to receive it. And there are days we can wake up and we can reject Him. Even those that have received it. It's this receiving of the Holy Spirit. And in this place of our spirit, we have communion with the Spirit of God who has communion with God. And we get to be these vessels for the presence of God. We get to be these vessels for the Spirit of God that will, that will speak to us and articulate the heart of God and the desires of God. And that's the beautiful thing about prayer. When we spend time and we abide and we remain in the presence of God. And when we live in that place and then we begin to pray... We're praying for the desires of our heart. In John 15, 7, 
says, Jesus says that he'll give you the desires of your heart. And we're praying for those things to happen. But who do you think placed those desires in our heart? That spirit that dwells in us if we remain in him. And so we have the body that senses and reacts, the soul that thinks and feels. And then we have the spirit that sees and hears, that watches and listens. Matthew 13, 10. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and do not see it, and to hear what you hear and do not hear it. In John 5, 19, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing. And greater works than these will He show Him so that you may marvel. It's this, going back to this backyard example again. If I'm in the backyard with my boys, they are in my will. They're in my will for them. And they have opportunities to, if I'm digging a hole, they can drop what they're doing they can come help me dig. They can see what I'm doing. They can see where I am. They can come be a part of it. Or they can hear me say, drop what you're doing and come over here. It's this question that opened up so much for Sarah and I when we truly understood what it was to to operate, to see and to hear in fullness in everyday life. When the Lord just asked us, would you rather be where I am? Or would you rather be where you want to go? Like, well, I'd rather be where you are. And then all of a sudden you begin to see where he is. And it's this ability in the spirit to see and hear where God is and what he has for you. And, and, and to recognize and allow his eyes to shape you again because we are simply vessels for the presence of God. No longer I who live but Christ in me. The presence of God that lives and dwells in me. And in that I can see and hear what God is doing in any given moment, at any given place. I mean, simply just, just this morning as, as Tiffany was standing there, saw him very clearly a desire to anoint her feet. Like, all right. We get to see and hear when we abide and remain in. That is done here. And as, as we read, this is not anything that we do in and of ourselves. We do not resurrect this spirit in us. This comes at the moment of salvation. 
this, when this connection is restored. Now, has the connection, is the connection available to be restored for everyone? Yes. Has it been restored for everyone? No. Because there is a moment of receiving, right? If I present a gift, you can reject it. And it says that God presented this gift of faith. It was not our doing. But he presents this gift and we receive this gift. And it's this foundational belief at this moment of salvation that is found that God is good and he loves me. It's so basic in our relationship and it's found at the very first moments of encounter with God. This recognition that he's good and he loves you. Not that you are a sinner and you are unworthy. It's not that you are this bad thing and you need to be, you need healing and you need to be fixed because you're just messed up and you're just bad. That's not the moment. That, I, don't, I don't know anybody that had a true authentic encounter and that was what they encountered. Because he did not die so that he could come to you and say, bad. He died because he knew who you would be. Right? How would that work if we left right now, found someone that wasn't walking with the Lord and said, you're, you're just bad, man. Stop being bad. Be good. That's not the moment of encounter we have with the Lord. It's His tender mercy. It's His kindness that cuts us through soul, through spirit to the bone that cuts us. This kindness, this abiding faith, this gift of faith that's just like, He is truly good and He truly loves me. And in this moment, when we receive that gift, when we receive that faith, we find our spirit resurrected in life. And now this opportunity reconnected, the toaster plugged back into the wall, this opportunity to now walk in unity with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's this, we, we had this teaching a long time ago, but it's this, this beautiful thought of the fourth member. Of intercession, this, this intercessory team, this third member with the, with the Son and with the Spirit before the Father interceding for the world around us. We have this ability. We have this ability to step in to what God is doing. To co-labor with Christ now has been made available to us. Before was closed off. No ability to do it. But now with this gift of faith and this salvation reconnected to the heart of God. We have this ability to step into the will of God for our lives and remain there and then operate there. So this is, this is where we have fellowship with the Spirit of God, with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is where we encounter that shared heart between Father and Son, which is that Holy Spirit, where we were always meant to dwell. Now, there's, there is so much to unpack here that affects these. But this at its very, 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 very basic introductory level is who we are. Who we were created to be. This is the outline. Now this is very, very basic and there's so much to unpack, especially within the spirit that, in, that just encounters so much more, but I don't want to get ahead of myself um, this is one of those things that with each step, there seems to be about 10 steps that need to be taken first for this one to be understood at a foundational level. So many things that the Lord has revealed to me through the years that have led me to just to even just put another picture up here or another word up here. There were there were several things that he had to teach me before I could fully comprehend how that is there in the design of us. Um, just like uh, Randy was saying in Sunday school, there's, 
the more I sit with it, the more revelation there is about who we are in this dynamic creation and, and who he's made us to be in just in our just basic diagram. Just basically trying to diagram who we are as his creation. It continues to unfold layer after layer. But it goes back to this, this thought, you know, they say that space continues to expand. It just keeps, it just, there's just no end to it. It just continues to go and go and go. But it's because when the Lord creates, it doesn't just stop. It continues to go and go and go because he is everlasting and his word is everlasting and it never returns void. And so we too, even trying to fully understand who we are and the base of this creation, when we look at ourselves as his creation, there's just layer after layer to continue to look at and continue to have revelation for. So um, I would encourage you to allow the Lord to reveal those things to you. But this is, again, the very basic intro to body, soul, and spirit as he has revealed it to me. Right? We have so much of what, the, of what Randy has shown us uh, over the last 12 years. And so much of that the Lord has revealed different things to me because at the time when we were, when we would go through this over and over and over again, the Lord would show me new things because I was in a very different place. I wasn't teaching adults. I was teaching children. I was finding myself with these kids. Um, again, like uh, Randy was saying this morning, finding myself with these kids that haven't been walking in their false identities for a re- very, very long time. A couple years. It's not like they've been living in this stuff for 30, 40, 50 years. They've been living in it for four, five, six, ten years. And so the body, soul, spirit, and what needed to land was so different. But also so much the same. It was just a different layer for a different, different group of people. Because he was trying to reveal, he was trying to allow them to understand uh, something very different about who he's created them to be. So uh, that's, that's really the motivation behind so many of these teachings that we've had for so long, but they're so different because, again, I'm a different person and I've had different experiences and I've had to teach a different group of people for a, a long time. Did it for nearly six years, very, very different group of people. And I learned this in a very, very different place. I learned body, soul, spirit in college. And that was crazy to recognize that in college and just the layers that came with that. So anyways, again, this is the very, very basic introduction to this. Um, our online people, I'm, I'm working on getting this uh, online in a clean and orderly fashion that can take you week by week with us. So I'm not just giving you all the answers ahead of time. Because uh, that will also get very confusing. I don't know how many of you ever walked into Randy's office and saw drawings on his board and were just like, I don't know how you got there. I, I can't make sense of any of it. But when you're sitting there, you're like, oh, this is crazy. But then when you sit there and try to make sense of something that didn't happen when you were there, there's no way. There's no way to map it out. So anyways, to, to not get ahead of ourselves... Um, We'll try to get that online as we go through the week. Just not quite sure how I want to do that, but we'll have a solution for you this week and before next Sunday. So anyways, this is, this is again, basic introduction uh, to body, soul, and spirit that we'll 
unpack. There's many layers to go. Um, if you'd like to keep notes, uh, I recommend it. I encourage it because this is, again, foundational truth that people need to encounter in us. This needs to not be something that we, we have to kind of recall on. Okay, how do I, what's body, soul, spirit again? What, what does what? Like this is stuff that just sh- should be so natural, just like our breath. It should just flow so, so naturally out of us. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.